feasts, holidays, vacations, concerts. God is worth every single one of them, and we should use them all to celebrate Him. But what does God expect when the food is gone, the vacation days are spent, the Christmas tree is on the side of the road, and the last note of the concert has died from our ears? Well, God expects our worship. In many of the same ways He demands our celebration during the high days, He also requires our celebration during the low moments. Our God is awesome enough to matter even when we're not at church. And that is a God worth celebrating. The one true God of the universe has existed since eternity past in ultimate perfection. He spoke the cosmos into existence for his soul, honor, and glory. He moved heaven and earth to redeem mankind even though we have nothing to offer him. And he's given us everything we need for life and godliness in his word. He deserves our worship. He deserves our adoration. He deserves our praise. I'm your host, A.M. Brewster, and this is The Celebration of God. The Celebration of God starts with a bang right out of the gate. We have Creation Week and Labor Day. The very next Sunday is Grandparents Day, and pretty soon after that is the Day of Atonement. During that time, there's a lot of updating the creation wall, new discussions, activities, special meals, and the like. But then the end of September arrives, and we discover that the next official holiday in the Celebration of God doesn't come until the end of October. We have a whole month with no main holiday focus. What do we do now? Well, I understand how easy it is to see the celebration of God as a liturgical calendar of religious holidays. And though the celebration of God definitely contains that, that is not all it is. Remember, our goal is to learn to take our holidays, but also the most average moments of the most normal days, and celebrate God the way He deserves, to help us and our disciples know more about God, love Him more, and serve Him better. We focus a lot on the holidays because they're easier to remember, they're fun to observe, and there's a beautiful corporate worship dynamic when we realize that all over the globe, other Christians are worshiping God in similar ways the exact same time we are. On the other hand, I admit that celebrating God in the normal days is significantly more difficult to remember. It also seems far less corporate and fun. But it's just as important. In fact, I'm going to argue that it's even more important. There are many people who manage to drag themselves to church Christmas and Easter who celebrate self the rest of the year. Celebrating God on your average Thursday is desperately important to your relationship with God and will actually make it easier to celebrate God on the other major and minor holidays. So that's why the title of today's show is Celebrating God When the Holiday is Over. We, our church members, our students, our kids, our friends, all of us need to keep the spirit of worship going even though there is no main holiday on the celebration wall. Now, before I continue, allow me to share two things. First, if you are new to the show, I welcome you and strongly encourage you to go to celebrationofgod.com and make sure you listen to our introductory episodes. They will teach you all about this dynamic discipleship experience. For example, you just heard me reference our celebration wall. Well, we have two episodes that teach us what that is, how important it is, and how to make one that's just right for you and your disciples. And yes, the introductory material talks about who and what disciples are as well. So be sure to check out celebrationofgod.com. Also, if you're not new to the show, please take a moment to rate and review this show so that other Christians from all over the world can find and enjoy deepening their relationship with God. As always, we have free episode notes and transcripts available for you on the Celebration of God blog. And with that, we're ready to start. Whether you're listening to this after just finishing September's holiday, or you're consuming this episode after the first of the year, or you're coming out of our three-month celebration of God's gift of life, we're going to discuss a number of points that will help you keep the celebration of God going after the holidays. Number one, 
Remember that celebration doesn't have to be high energy. Yes, the major holidays are generally high energy commitments. In addition to whatever you're doing at home, there are likely church programs and extracurricular activities, picnics, feasts, and the like. But worship doesn't have to be singing and decorating and laughing in business. You can and should learn how to celebrate God in silence, contemplation, and normalcy. We need to know how to correctly celebrate God while singing in church on Easter, but we also need to know how to correctly worship Him while taking a test at school, or fixing a set of breaks, or performing in a theatrical endeavor, or drawing blood, or reading a book. One of the most important things to do in any conversation is to define our terms, and so it will be exquisitely helpful for you and your disciples to learn that you don't have to maintain the high energy in order to be celebrating God. We need to know what it means to celebrate. Now, this next point is very helpful to implement before the holidays are even over. Okay, start getting ready for the holiday to be over before the holiday is over. Of course, if the holiday for you is already over and you missed it in this past season, don't worry, there are still plenty more to come. Number two, don't stop doing normal life during the holidays. Let's say that it's Christmas time and your whole family's on vacation. I strongly recommend you don't stop doing normal life. I really hope you're not planning to stop brushing your teeth for the next week, and I would also hope you don't plan to skip other integral parts of worshiping God. You and your disciples shouldn't take a break from devotions, for example. Whether you're at home or in a motel, chores and personal hygiene are vital to, to staying healthy and comfortable. And though it may be acceptable to have a movie marathon over break, that shouldn't be all you do. Just don't completely jettison the valuable, quote-unquote, mundane activities that make up an average week. Don't stop normal life also goes for what you eat. Yes, by all means, enjoy your food, but whether you're eating or drinking, you need to glorify God. You need to worship Him. You need to celebrate Him. There shouldn't be a drastic difference between your vacation and post-vacation food intake. Even if you're eating out, you should be taking care of the temple of God. Now, let's imagine that we have children under our care. We just spent two weeks with no school, no chores, no bedtimes, no restrictions whatsoever on what we ate or did, and now we're expected to go cold turkey back into normal life. Well, first, I'd argue that whether you're observing a major holiday or not, God is not being celebrated when we live that way. And second, we're going to make all things associated with quote-unquote normal life seem less desirable and harder to embrace. Did you know that suicide rates climax near the end of the holiday season? People drag themselves through school and work and the drudgery of life that they can barely tolerate, also that they can enjoy themselves on vacation. But the vacation is never as fulfilling as we want it to be, and we come to the end having done nothing else but worship self. Only now we weigh more, have less money, and are facing another 350-day stint doing the drudgery of normal life. And many of the people who never learn to celebrate God in all things can't stand the endless cycle and lack of satisfaction, and they kill themselves, their final act of self-worship. But if we give God the preeminence during the holidays, and we don't neglect the daily life activities, then we make the transition to a different form of celebration much easier to navigate, especially for the younger people in our lives. Okay, number one, remember that celebration doesn't have to be high energy. Number two, don't stop doing normal life during the holidays. Continue glorifying God in the personal, quiet ways, the hardworking ways, even over break. Here's something else we can do as the holiday is winding down. Number three, talk about normal life before the vacation or holiday is over. Most of us who work with young children know how valuable it is to give your children countdowns. We'll be leaving the park in about five minutes, kids. We're going to be leaving in just about four minutes. All right, you have three more minutes, get a few more slides in, and so on. This is also very helpful during vacation too, regardless of your age or the age of the people with whom you'll be spending time. 
Obviously, I'm not suggesting you announce pointless things every minute, but at least once a day, you should focus on the upcoming week. But don't discuss it like it's a threat. Saying to a teenager, hey, don't forget about school next week isn't going to lighten her spirits. But you could say, I'm looking forward to helping you more this year in your homework. I think we can bring your English grade up from this semester. Focusing on areas where we need to mature is very valuable because we don't ever want to communicate that maturing in Christ is something we only do in the doldrums of quote-unquote normal life. We need to focus on maturing for Christ and during the holidays as well. So in order to continue celebrating God when the holiday is over, you need to make sure you're living elements of real life now. You should also discuss post-vacation ideas to help prepare everyone mentally for the end of the break. Now, number four is when the holiday is officially over. Two and three were tips for what you should do during the holiday celebration. But now, of course, that it's done, number four, continue the fun into normal life. September isn't that rough, but come January, there'll be a clear distinction between break and normal life. School will be back in session. We have to work. But that doesn't mean you and your community should stop hanging out, doing life on life, having special meals, and enjoying each other. Like I mentioned earlier, a few people do cold turkey very well, and this is no exception. If you have children, I suggest tapering off the family fun as slowly as possible. To be honest, some of our families need to ramp up the daily family time anyway. So if you could say that your family time over vacation was 100, and your daily life would be no lower than 40, hopefully, then taper off the festivities over the course of the first week back and try to find a new average, preferably one that involves spending more time together than you did last year. Of course, don't just do fun for fun's sake. Lord willing, your life on lifetime with your disciples is a time for you to sharpen each other, love each other for Christ, and build each other up. That's the spirit we need to continue. I love our family's Friday night game nights. We have people over, we eat food, we play games, but let me tell you, the conversation always turns to God. And I tell you what, I'm always encouraged, I'm always sharpened, I'm always matured on our Friday night game nights. So it should be obvious I'm not encouraging us to worship ourselves with our play during the holidays and then drag that into normal life. No way. But if you and your friends can glorify God in your time together, there's no reason to stop seeing each other just because work has started back up. And number five, transition with a good attitude. You're probably a leader of some kind. Whether you're a pastor, a teacher, parent, counselor, employer, you're a model. You're a pace setter. Do not end break off complaining about work on Monday. You're not allowed to have a bad attitude. Not only does a bad attitude about normal life reveal that you're likely not going to celebrate God very well during that normal life, but it also reveals that you probably weren't celebrating God during the holiday or vacation either. Praise God in front of your disciples about the blessings of a secure job and a good education. Be proactive. Be excited about normal life. Should our families be allowed to loathe God's will for their lives? Of course not. But we do it so often when we get all depressed because we've reached the dreaded last day of vacation. We need to set the Christ-honoring example for everyone in our lives. And that leads us to our final point, but first let's review. Number one, remember that celebration doesn't have to be high energy. Number two, don't stop doing normal life during the holidays. Number three, talk about normal life before the vacation or holiday is over. Number four, continue the fun into normal life. Five, transition with a good attitude. And six, remember that the goal of everything we do should be the worship of God. The historical church got itself into a lot of trouble trying to separate the sacred from the secular. It's actually impossible because we are spiritual beings and everything we do has a sacred impact. You see, God created us to be worshipers. Not only is it impossible to not be worshiping, but Jesus told us clearly in Matthew 6.24 and Luke 16.13 that we cannot worship two masters simultaneously. We'll either hold to the one and reject the other, or vice versa. 
It's actually very easy to transition from celebrating God during a holiday to celebrating Him during normal life if we're truly celebrating Him in the first place. Consider this word picture. You breathe when you run, sing, walk, and sleep. You always breathe, and that breathing changes depending on the activity. Still, you don't stop breathing. How hard would it be, and physically dangerous, if you tried to make yourself breathe during sleep the same way you breathe when you run? How impossible would it be to only breathe in church and then try to hold your breath for the rest of the week? I think we try to do the same thing with our worship. We've bought the lie that worship is high-energy singing and service and that we're not worshiping if we're not in church or deliberately doing something churchy. But that's spiritually unhealthy. Breathe the right way when you swim. Celebrate God the right way when you're at church. Breathe the right way when you walk. Celebrate God the right way when you parent. Breathe the right way when you read a book. Celebrate God the right way when you read the Bible. Breathe the right way when you run. Celebrate God the right way in school or work. When you breathe naturally, you smoothly move from activity to activity, exercising the necessary muscles to make sure you continue breathing in a healthy way no matter what you're doing. So we too must focus on our celebration so that we naturally and smoothly move from activity to activity, exercising the necessary spiritual muscles to continue worshiping in a Christ-honoring way no matter what we're doing. And that's how you celebrate God when the holiday is over. Now, if you're looking for specifics, the next two episodes are designed to discuss two important ways we can celebrate God during quote-unquote normal life. But in the meantime, please share this episode on your favorite social media outlets and join us next time as we talk about how to celebrate God at church. If you want to know God better, celebrate Him more, and help the ones you love to do the same, subscribe to this podcast and visit celebrationofgod.com to learn more about this dynamic discipleship resource. And remember, the Celebration of God is a listener-supported ministry.